This episode is sponsored by Brooklyn Games. Get monthly tabletop RPG zines in print or PDF at patreon.com backslash Brooklyn Games or buy direct at brooklyngames.com. This month, sign up for Gabico, the floating goblin fortress in print or PDF. Enter into a massive floating dungeon divided by factions, including gigantic rubs, strange goblins covered in mushrooms, and their Astura ruler, the Goblin King. Available now at patreon.com backslash Brooklyn Games. Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logi the Barbarian. And my guest today is Tim Brannon of Elf Layer Games, The Other Side Blog, and Other Side Publishing. Welcome. Great. Thanks for having me. It's good to talk to you. I, 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 when I We recently spoke to somebody you did some, some stuff with, with Elf Layer Games. That's Jason Bay. That's right. Jason and I have known each other for, God, almost, it feels like, well, I guess it's been 20 plus years. Yeah, quite easily. Yeah. <laughs> and you've been doing... He's been writing games for at least that long, and you've yep. been doing it for a while, too. Yes. Maybe even some properties that people are familiar with. Right. Well, Jay, you know, so, so, so you talked to Jason, so I'll just I'll, I'll lead <laughs> off of that. So Jason and I got our we met and got our got our big start. We both had written smaller things prior to this, but we got our big start working with the Eden Studios. Yeah. So we both worked on the uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer license. Yes, and we were. It was Jason and I and Tom Marin and a couple a couple others, and we were writing, you know, large sections of the books along with C.J. Carella, who had, who had created the system. Wrote, you know, C.J. is brilliant. He's one of my favorite designers, and he had written so much great stuff. So we'd come in, and I wrote quite a bit of the Magic Box, and Jason was uh, doing quite a bit of the uh, the work as well. And we were on the playtests for all of that, working, writing, and that's how we got to know each other. And as uh, Eden Studios was getting more popular at that point in time, we also started writing other properties for Eden. So Jason went off to do a lot of the All Flesh Must Be Eaten line, the you know the zombie game for from Eden. And I did Ghosts of Albion, which was the Victorian uh, horror game that they had released time and that had been written the it was based off of a property written by uh horror writer christopher golden and amber benson who played tara on buffy the vampire slayer so we all got together and that was great that was fantastic i loved working with them and we did a game that was uh i don't i don't normally like to say it, but it is the easiest way to explain it to people it's victorian buffy <laughs> and it worked out it actually worked out rather great and uh we swapped we we did some things to the magic system which people really love and even today i get people telling me oh yeah i play buffy but i use the ghost of albion magic system <laughs> instead and i'm like oh that's fantastic great i love it and of course i've been involved in the uh, osr scene probably since its beginnings well i i'll say that that's cool heck that you got to to work with cj Carella because i was a big fan of his going back to his old palladium stuff and oh, was... <laughs> well, and, well and see that's i don't know if jason messaged it but that's how jason met ended up meeting cj the two of them were writing palladium stuff 
I think everybody has a palladium story at some level. I had I had a palladium I had palladium well over a decade where I was very invested in playing mm-hmm. mostly palladium. <laughs> oh yeah, a lot of people did that. Now you got a lot a lot you kind of lean into that that side of uh, that. There's a genre there that I think that your writing leads into, like because mm-hmm. like a lot of your uh, OSR stuff, you've got like classes like witches and stuff like that going right. on with it. There's a specific like how would you describe it? What it is that you're writing in general? Just the simplest way for me to describe my writing in general is I'm writing the books I wanted to buy <laughs> in 1985 <laughs> that were not available. So growing up, my dad loved horror movies and we'd watch them. Of course, at the time when I was little, we called them monster movies and he especially loved Japanese horror movies. So my dad loved horror movies and my mom loved just the freakiest, weird horror stories you ever could tell. I mean, she was telling uh, us as little kids stories about this haunted schoolhouse where the faces of these two murdered kids kept showing up in blood <laughs> on the floor and we're all like yeah what happened next mom so once i started getting in when i actually started getting into dnd probably in the it was in the late 70s like 1970 late 70s as in 1979 and my mom i remember rather famously grabbed one of my dnd books when the satanic panic was going on and she took it and read it and she handed it back to me the next day proclaiming that this is nothing but mythology and math yeah so, <laughs> it's so, pretty much right <laughs> and now of course she sends me monsters all the time because she's always coming up with these monster ideas. So my 70-year-old mom is like, okay, this, I got this cool monster. What do you think? Oh, that's great. And my, my mother was into like really weird. Uh, she got me in. She wasn't as much into horror, but there was like she, like she introduced me to hammer horror stuff, things like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched a lot of hammer horror. I was a big hammer horror guy. But she she was really into just odd B-flex, like any of the sci-fi, some of the old mm-hmm. like exploitation films for some reason. Yep. And she was she's very like wasp protestant proper so it's really <laughs> strange coming from her from people yeah. are shocked yeah some of my some of my <laughs> earliest memories are of dark shadows so oh my mother was a huge dark shadows fan That's how- <laughs> so a lot of people approach the os you know their osr games whether old school dnd games it's like you know i read oh you know i'm you know i came to this via you know the the pulps from the 1930s, you know, Lynn Carter and Edgar Rice Burroughs and, you know, the classics like that. Um, maybe that's much Lynn Carter. But anyway, you know, they all come in from that point of view and they, you know, oh, it was John Carter of Mars that really influenced my gaming or, you know, Conan. And I'm over here going, yeah, for me, it's Barnabas Collins, Dracula. <laughs> uh, Hammer Horror probably had a bigger impact on me from the beginning. I, I get into Conan and Carter. But yeah. like I recently got into Conan and Carter within right, the last exactly. like five years. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna read these. I've been seeing them around for years. I'll finally yeah. read them. And like, oh. yeah. <laughs> Every everybody, you know, for old school D D folks, they always go on about their appendix. And I went ahead and I put up an appendix O yeah. on my, on my website. Well, the O just the other side. <laughs> yeah, just the other, yeah, exactly. Or a cult. <laughs> and it's just stuff I read, you know, growing up, horror stories, weird fiction. There was a year, I think there was a a year or so there that I was convinced that we were going to figure out what was going on with Bigfoot back in the early <laughs> 80s. So I was reading everything about that. So yeah, that's, that's sort of the stuff. So I come at it from a very, very different point of view, I think, than some of my peers or some of my colleagues. Like, J- like Jason, like Jason, for example, can, can quote Conan. He can quote <laughs> 
all, you know, uh, you know, Ron Howard, he can quote any of it. He knows it all upside down, left and right. Me, I'm like, oh, yeah, the movies were fun. <laughs> Although I've since read the books. I'm like, oh, the books are so much better. They are good. Uh, yeah. I, I found some gems in there. And and the good thing is a lot of them are short, sir. They're quick and easy to get. Through. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I got through. So, I mean, so gothic horror, um, horror in general, occult topics, all that sort of weird, what I call leftover hippie shit from the mm-hmm. 70s. That is, you know, that's the stuff that sort of went into the um, the, the crucible of my thoughts as a kid. And I'm thinking, oh, man, you know, wouldn't it be great? I mean, my first character I'd, that I did for D&D that I still have, I described as a vampire hunter. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was very much a Van Helsing knockoff. Oh, my favorite Van Helsing of all time? 100% hands down, no questions asked, was Peter Cushing. I Peter Cushing, him. amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> super great, super, super nice guy. And a complete War Games nut. I don't know if you knew that or yeah, not. Yeah, I did. There's a, even, they've yeah. got videos of him even painting his minis and stuff online. That's right. Yeah. I'm like, yes, Peter Cushing was a gamer. It's <laughs> crazy. Yes, he was. <laughs> if Peter Cushing was alive today, well, he'd be kind of old, but yeah, he, <laughs> I could just see Peter Cushing over there painting his Warhammer army. <laughs> Complaining that he isn't going to get it done. <laughs> oh, I wish that. Oh, I wish that he was. I, I was. I'm a. I was. I grew up a big fan of his. Dracula uh, was it Horror of Dracula 1958? I think was the one where him and P- him and Christopher. That was the first Kirk. one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was one of my all-time favorites. I think my. Oh, that one's fantastic! Yeah, my second favorite of that series is Dracula 1970 72 AD. That one, uh, Johnny Alley. You know what? I know. <laughs> I of course. You know, I mean, I, it's it's blurred here on our video, but I've got them all right behind me. Oh, I love them. I, I had a bunch of them on VHS. Yeah. In the 90s, especially when they came out with the real nice black cases, I would be buying right, up those exactly. old Hammer Horrors and they came yep. out. I was, I loved that stuff. I have, I have all of the Hammer Horror Dracula films on DVD and Blu-ray now. I'm just craning my neck to have a look at them. I've got this other Dracula collection that even has all the Universal Horror Draculas. Oh, see, wow! That's, and see, that's what my and those are the ones my dad loved. He loved the. I mean. I knew who Bella Lugosi and Boris Karloff were before I knew who the president was. See, my my probably my favorite of the classic uh, horror movies though is probably a little more into the sci-fi. One of my all-time favorite series of those is The Fly. Oh, Fly is wonderful. I love Fly Addict as a kid. The first, the third one though, I never saw until I think it was like the late '90s or something. I don't think it was really readily available. Curse of the Fly. It no, was really wasn't. kind of shelved for a while, and I finally found it on VHS, and was well, super it, thrilled. Yeah, of course, you know, the fly did very well, but the the sequel, they, of course, they cranked out the sequel right away, and it didn't do as well. Of course, by that time, they were already playing the third movie, and it was like, well, <laughs> um, and you know, the, and, you know, and and at that time, things were changing after after. Uh, um, and I and this is funny. This is something my dad and I sat around and talk about for hours. We talked about how you can you can you can tell what a country's fears are by what their horror and their sci-fi movies are like. Yeah. And he goes, and, and if you if you watch, he says, if you watch American horror movies in the fifties, you get lots of aliens. You get lots of you know problems with creatures from somewhere else and that's because we were getting ready we were just getting ready to hit that space race and you know fighting with this you know having our cold war with the soviets 
Whereas in Japan, it's all radioactive monsters because, well, Japan rightfully yeah, so was still terrified of being, you know, of nuclear weapons. And I actually even just watched Shin Godzilla recently. Oh. And that is just a freakishly weird looking Godzilla. Oh. I kind of liked it, but it took a bit to get used to. It's a very different than the originals, uh, especially from the Shoya period Godzillas that uh, I grew up with. I don't with. know if I've seen that. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, I just I just caught it. It, it wasn't available anywhere streaming free because I've got enough streaming services. I can usually find something for free, you know, that is le- legally being streamed. But I grabbed this from... Uh, I grabbed it from uh, Amazon and to buy it was $2 more than rent it. And I figured oh, I'll just, I'll just buy it <laughs> that way. Cause my, my, my oldest son is also huge. He didn't care for horror movies at all, but he loves Godzilla movies. <laughs> so we've seen all of them together. I don't, I, I think I saw the newest one, um, but I, for a long time, I went along, I think it's been since probably the eighties or nine, probably the nineties. I watched most of them. I had seen, Years mm-hmm. ago, 80s and 90s, I watched a lot of those yeah. ones coming up. Uh, you had said something else. Like you had talked about, I thought it was an interesting point you made about how the horror reflects what the country's fears are and stuff like right. that. And, I, and I'm, I'm wondering, I think that maybe some of those things may have even made it into fantasy, not just horror, the more I look at that. Right. <laughs> that's, that's something I think I'm going to try to delve into and keep in mind that you pointed yeah. that out. I think that's a fascinating point. I really appreciate that. Because I want to talk more about your OSR games, but how did you get into it and how did you get over here to making them? Well, I started I started gaming in 79 and I came at it from an interest. I'd been really into Greek mythology. So a lot of my recent uh, witch books have have all featured different sort of mythological paths. So like I have you know, overtly my Greek mythology one. I have my Celtic mythology. I have my Norse mythology and, you know, moving on from there. But I got in about 79 and what we were playing was a really mashed up version of Holmes Basic with a first edition AD&D monster manual. We had no idea that they were different games. We just <laughs> thought, well, you get the soft cover first, that's your basic game. And then when you get better, you move on to the advanced game. It made perfect sense to us at the time. <clears throat> and that's the way I played for a while until I got my Moldvay basic set. And that sort of got me going. And I played pretty much every edition after that. I even spent one summer home from college where we did nothing but play an original uh, OD&D game using the little uh, brown books. Oh, wow, yeah. And that, that was a lot of fun. Very, It's kind of a different game and very deadly. I, I don't think my characters <laughs> survived. And we did just straight 3D6 down the line. So I had like, I had like, I, I had like a, uh, a 17 strength, but a nine wisdom. So I was kind of this, they decided I was just this big, dumb kid. <laughs> that, that went around smashing things and that and that worked out all right really to be honest with you for you know for an D game but like i said so my osr stuff i write books that i wanted to have bought back in the 80s like i said everything in D at the time was very heavily influenced by fantasy from you know the 30s on up into the 60s the stuff that yeah. you know the designers then were reading but that's not the stuff i was reading I was reading, you know, horror. I was reading, well, also at the time, a lot of sci-fi, but I was reading dark fantasy. I was reading horror. So, I mean, my, my, the the names on my shelf were Stephen King and, you know, uh, all this stuff. And, and of course all the hammer films. 
So yeah. I was right. I, that's the those are the games I want to play. So when Ravenloft came around, oh, original, I loved it. <laughs> when the original, I, I I grabbed it off the shelf and I threw it at my DM and like you're running me through this. <laughs> and I still ha- I still actually have my original copy too, so I'm pretty pleased with that. Oh, and of nice. course, that's what I. And then when I was in college, when AD and D Second Edition came out, that's the game that I gravitated towards. So I didn't, you know, I'm in college. I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of disposable cash. I want to buy, you know textbooks all the time you know textbooks at the bar or whatever <laughs> um my my spending money had to be regulated so i only i only bought the ravenloft stuff and i miss Spelljammer and all the other stuff which i'm now thankfully you know can get print on demand which is fantastic but those are the kinds of games i played i played lots of horror infused and when which when i finally discovered cj curlo's witchcraft i was like oh my god this is the game i've been waiting for you know since 1985 or 1986 and I thought it was fantastic. I didn't. I, I liked World of Darkness. I just didn't like World of Darkness players. <laughs> I can say that. <laughs> um, and that 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 and that that's that's meaner than it needs. That's meaner than it needs to be. Oh, uh, I mean, I was I was a punk kid in the nineties. I, uh, you know, I've grown since then. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, and that, and that was part of happened the, back then. Something happened you know, back then. Yeah, see, at the, at the beginning of the 90s, I was just, you know, some college kid just getting ready to grad school. In the end of the 90s, I'd been married, had a house, and had a kid on the way. So my point of view changed a lot in that time. And I didn't want to do a bunch of the stuff that World of Darkness players were doing at the time. But witchcraft, and that's, and that, honestly, let me, let me be clear, that is no fault of world of darkness or the players that that's more along the lines of what I wanted. And I found that what I wanted could be done much easier and better in CJ Corella's witchcraft, which of course got me into Eden, which got me into, you know, writing for Buffy and writing for ghost of Albion and, and everything else. So that's how I got there. My um, OSR stuff is like I said, stuff I wanted to buy back then. I loved the witch class that appeared in dragon magazine and i had been working on my own for a while i had actually had a bunch of notes that i'd written for classes and one night i remember sitting out on my bed and i i divided all my notes up into four piles and one pile was which was the largest ended up being the beginning of my witch class and i was writing it from the point of view of Moldvay basic and expert because i really wanted one then i had another pile and that ended up being more or less a necromancer and then I had another one that turned out to be my, you know, Van Helsing style uh, vampire hunter cleric class that later went on to become what I called the Sun Priest for second edition. And then I, at the end, I had a bunch of leftover stuff and I called that the healer class. So it was kind of a, a pacifist uh, healing only class. And I played it for a bit and I'd love to be able to do something with it someday. There's just a lot of bugs that need to be worked out. But the witch became my biggest one. I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious about that pacifist healing only class. Mm-hmm. After after we're done recording, I want to talk to you more. I want to ask yeah, some sure. questions. Well, I'll ask questions about it now. Like like like, how does that class? Yeah. Well, so I decided I wanted to do a healer class, and the, and this this came about from me reading uh, how ancient Egyptians had better healing knowledge and technology than the Greeks did later on and how the Greeks believed, well, all of our knowledge came from Egypt. I mean, that's the way, you know, if Greeks wanted to attribute something as being 
sort of old fashioned, no, not old fashioned in the sense that it's old, but old fashioned in the way that it's tried and true and we know it works great. They would say it came from Egypt. So they talked a lot about their healing, the healing arts that the Egyptians did. And I remember reading about how they had all of this all of this knowledge and it had been in the library of Alexandria and it all burned down. And that got me really interested in what this class could be. What, what could a healer be? And I thought, well, it can heal, obviously it can do other things, but I also decided, well, maybe it should be kind of a pacifist. Maybe it shouldn't want to try to kill anybody. And in a game like D and D that's a little bit more difficult. Fortunately, I decided that healers, where they would have trouble, um, say, killing an orc or a goblin because they see them as living creatures. Undead and demons, man, you can slaughter them left and right all day long. <laughs> and that's out fun, you know. And depending on their point of view, maybe even elementals and fae are fair game. But it really at the time became more of a role-playing exercise than an actual class because obviously it wasn't terribly different than a cleric. I just upped their healing spells and I re reduced the number of combat spells that they had. So Bless would provide the, you know, protection, but it wouldn't necessarily provide the plus to hit. Yeah, I see. Yeah, that makes sense. So it was, like I said, it was more of a role-playing exercise to see if it's something I could do. Um, I always thought, oh, it'd be great to codify all of this into a class. And like I said, I had notes, but admittedly of all my notes, it was the smallest pile. So I kept sort of just picking at it where I could. And I've been picking at it probably since the mid eighties and I haven't got it to the place where I would like to publish it. I have, I actually have a, a project for it open on my uh, Google drive and I have almost all my notes and good Lord, hundreds <laughs> of spells. Although I was, I was going through all the spells I've written like 800 spells for oh, DD. That's quite a bit. We need to assemble a massive spell book at this point. Yeah, I, well, I have, a, I have, a, I do have them all in a database actually, so I can cross. That way, I'm not. Put, that way, I that way I try to when I do my various witch books, I don't fill them all with the exact same spells. There's a few that I consider core. Every witch is going to get bestow curse, you know, but the not every. Uh, bestow, bestow curse. curse. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Bestow <laughs> curse. Yeah, but you know, you know, like in my my craft of the wise book, which is mostly like. Irish pagans, they're going to get spells that are more like, you know, of the land and things like mm -hmm. that. And then my, you know, pumpkin spice, witch book, you know, they get spells like you can't sit with us and things like that, <laughs> which my, I, I, I have to admit, I love my pumpkin spice, witch book. It started out as a complete joke just because everybody kept, you know, was going on about pumpkin spice this in the fall. And I started writing stuff and the more I'm writing, I'm talking to my wife and I'm telling her, I was like, you know, this is supposed to be silly. This is supposed to be kind of a joke, but I'm really kind of liking where this is going. <laughs> and it just, it sort of just became my, uh, my celebration of everything that I love about fall. Now that, that, Halloween. that came out a couple of years back, didn't it? What it did. I've been kind of in a writing drought lately. Well, we're going to, I worked on night shift. So I mean, there was all that, that was busy with that. I did. Well, did that come out in a, in a, like a, was that put onto one of those like packages, like those, what are those called? Those bundle, humble, but it was a charity bundle. And then one year drive through, put it up as one of their Halloween trick or treats. So if you went through the website 
and you clicked on the various icons, I think there was like a uh, a grinning jack-o'-lantern hidden somewhere. And if you clicked on it, you could get it for free. So <laughs> according to my stats, it's been downloaded thousands of times. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that I got it in a charity bundle at some yep. point in time. And I was trying to remember which one it was, but I can't recall. But but yeah, I, it's but it's completely <laughs> it's completely silly, completely ridiculous. And I love it to death. I really do. <laughs> you know, I wrote it for Labyrinth Lord. And that's the other thing I've done with my various uh, books is I've tried. I've, each one, I've usually picked a different clone yeah. book to write it for. And I have, you know, I've like, this one is specifically designed for Labyrinth Lord. This one's specifically designed for Blue Holm because, you know, I really enjoyed Holmes Basic back in the day. This one is designed for Old School Essentials. Because um, everybody loves old school essentials that's, today. That's the new hotness right now. That is, it is. And in all fairness to Gav, Gavin, it's good. It's great work. You know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he did a hell of a job, and that the layout on that is like a masterclass in how you should put a book together. Yeah, it's but, impressive. <laughs> and I did a lot for the various flavors of swords and wizardry. So part of it was, can I? take the rules at hand and write something that sort of reflects and takes advantage of those rules. And that's what I did. But also I thought, well, here's my ancient Greek ones. Here's my, you know, pagans. Here's my ridiculously silly pumpkin spice. <laughs> so that, that was what I did. That's sort of what I did with all of those. And I've got some other stuff too. Like I've got a, I've got a vampire class up there that I played around with for um, pay what you want. And a few others. Yeah, I think I've got. I think a lot of the stuff that I have of yours, I think, are the classes and stuff like that yes. for like swords and wizardry, labyrinth lord, and things like right, that. Exactly over the years. So, and I, I've always, I've liked it because well, swords and wizardry. I mm -hmm. love swords and wizardry, but mm -hmm. I don't get to run it as often as I'd like because right. a lot of my players are used to can be used to some of the newer games where you have like five hundred different options for character classes. They want more. That's characters. right. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the things I did was like started scouring the internet for other classes for swords right. and wizardry and things like that. Like, oh, okay, here's the witch right here. You can play that. And, and you yeah. know, it's great to have those kinds of things for players like that when they need it. Now, sometimes for a campaign that's good to do, sometimes you just like, like when we ran the Castles and Crusades white box, we did the four core only. Right. And that was like, I, I, I'm glad we stuck with just the four core only. It was a brilliant game. I, I mean, that's, I can't, I can't suggest that enough. <laughs> oh, I love, I love, well, I love Castles and Crusades. That's one of my favorite games. <clears throat> we have just playing a lot of it here. I, I actually just started a new CNC campaign uh, here in the last couple of weeks. We we're just right. gotten into. So, yeah. So, yeah, CNC is fantastic. Love it. The Troll Lords are all fantastic people. I got a couple books that I, I mean if 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 there was a game if i could be running if i could run castles and crusades let's say over dnd5 i probably would and that's no slide on dnd5 i love dnd5 i think it's great um my kids love it everybody around us loves it and plays it um i just like the older feel you know i mean i spent years playing ADD. i mean those oh, yeah. were my formative years and castles and crusades is very close to that it's closest to that I was just reviewing the new Pathfinder. You're talking about class options. Oh, so yeah. I saw that in your blog today. Yeah. yeah so, a, a yeah. Review for the new Pathfinder. Yeah. Right. So I was reviewing that. I know it's it's new, but it's still <laughs> a couple of years old. 
I mean, oh boy, time goes by quick. <laughs> I, know. I mean, if you if if you love character customization, then that's the game for you. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily the game I'm going to play at any point. I mean, I may run a couple one shots of it because mm-hmm. you know we we play one we do one shot games here all the time, and I've and my kids have I've played every version of D and D with them, and they all enjoy it. So at least you know I've got a couple you know twenty year olds here. They're, now that they work <laughs> and they've already had you know experience with every every edition of D there is and they do love basic they're i currently have them in an os an osc campaign old school oh, nice. campaign i'm a little and, jealous my, my kids I, i've got i've gotten them to play in the past when they were younger they're teenagers now and i yeah it's, it's not cool to them they don't my oldest took to it and now he's got a couple of you know he's got a couple of groups he runs for now himself it's Whoa, all fifth edition. He does fifth edition in Call of Cthulhu. So, uh, Call of Cthulhu seventh edition. That's his. That's one of his favorite games. I I love Call of Cthulhu. That's a cool I game. I I haven't ran it in quite. I mean, it's been it's been quite a few years since I've run it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I'm a big. Uh, well, I'm I'm one of those people who like growing up was like I didn't start with D and started with. I've said, and my listeners know this because I say this a billion times every 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 guest. I started with the Doctor Who role playing game. Mm. We rolled into other stuff. That was the Fossil One. We rolled into. Yes, like- I love Fossil Doctor Who <laughs> and Fossil Star Trek. I still have mine on my shelf. And then we rolled it like Palladium was big with us, Robotech. Yep. Heroes Unlimited was the main game be- from, that we were into for a mm. long time. Like we right. were big comic nerds. I didn't play D and D until I can tell you the exact. I can't tell you when I started role playing. I can't remember that. Like mm-hmm. about, I can give you an estimate, but I can tell you is we were. I was playing for many years before I actually played D and D, and that was 1993. And I can tell you that because that was the year that I moved from Cleveland, Ohio, oh. to down to down to the uh, the outskirts of cincinnati ohio right met a kid and was like hey let's play dd and the first thing he pulled out was second edition then mm-hmm. and he pulled out that ravenloft box set i love that and in my mind like you talked about like ravenloft to me is always the hammer horror setting <laughs> it is it is and i mean i, I talk to people who don't quote unquote get ravenloft and i'm like i understand where you're coming from but the deal is is this is not Ravenloft is not D&D. Ravenloft is Hammer Horror with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with D, you know, with D&D thrown on top of it. <laughs> Got the, I mean, that flavor of like Captain Kronos type. Absolutely. If anybody's watched, anybody who, who, anybody who's seen Captain Kronos gets Ravenloft. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that's the, I mean, that's essentially it. I mean, that was, that was Buffy the Vampire Slayer before there was a Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, pretty much, actually, I'll, I'll say this. It's pretty much beat for beat. I mean, if there hadn't been a Captain Kronos, there never would have been a Buffy. But, you know, that's also where, where you know, my interests always were. So I, I understand exactly where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah. So we're coming up close to time. Sure. Um, could you tell the listeners where they can find you and your games online? Sure. Well, I'm on, I'm on drive through RPG, obviously for the most of my PDFs and print on demand, you can search for my name, uh, you know, Brandon, B-R-A-N-N-A-N and, or other side publishing, or honestly, if you search for which likely you're going to get me, OSR <laughs> which, um, and of course I've got my, uh, blog, the other side, and you can find that at, it's, uh, 
timsbrannan.com. So T-I-M-S-B-R-A-N-N-A-N.com. And that'll take you to my, that'll take you to my, uh, I'll take you to my blog, uh, where I have everything linked. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on all the social media. I'm kind of a, a social media whore that way. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. But I want to get all my stuff out there. Excellent. And uh, I've, I've got some ideas of some things I want to get done, but I've been pretty much pushing night shift pretty hard mm-hmm. with Jason uh, lately. So that's good. And I've got some other things I'm trying to work on. I'm working on something that I keep calling my last witch book. Maybe, maybe I'm dragging my feet because I know it's my last. I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious to know a little bit about it. Could you give us a, a brief um, summary of what you're doing there? Yeah, sure. That's not a big deal. I've been talking about it on Twitter for a bit. I'm calling it the last witch book because it's it's um, the, the the subtitle is High Witch is the High Witchcraft book. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be like your Alistair Crowley's and oh, cool. all, you know people like that. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna lean lean even heavier into uh, 70s occultism. <laughs> so to get some stuff done, and it will be my ode slash homage to dragon 114 uh, well the dragon one oh that issue yeah dragon magazine 114 that had the witch class in it i mean it's obvious that i imprinted pretty heavy on that issue i will add i was working on my own class before i saw that one um but when i saw that one i'm like oh wow this is really close to exactly what i wanted to do so i played that class for a bit while still working on ideas for my own and if you see my set the the book i put out for second edition you'll see that you can see the differences mm-hmm. that that class was more of a uh, magic user type mine was more of a clerical type well thank you for coming on it's sure. been great talking to you fantastic thanks so much and looking forward to it. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Our blog is wobbliesandwizards.com. I'm on Twitter at Logar Crom. We're on Patreon. We could really use the support. You can go over to patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.